Hey everyone, welcome back to Fearless as Fuck the Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Lauren. Today we have a good friend of mine and his sidekick in the studio today. You may recognize them from the hit video game Call of Duty and from Amazon Prime's The Terminal List. We have Aaron and Rex in the studio today. What's up, guys? Hey. Thanks so much for having or for joining us. Yeah, it's great to be here. I am very excited to have you guys here. Um, I met Aaron and Rex on set, actually, for a Call of Duty shoot when my friend was doing makeup for them, and it was an incredible experience, and I had actually never, ever been around this breed before, and I was so intrigued, and I wanted to hear the entire story of how you and Rex came together and kind of how you got started and where uh, where you came from and why you wound up on Call of Duty. All right. So, Rex, uh, got it. So, it's... We'll try and keep it short. Yeah. <laughs> so I went into a rescue in Tucson looking for a German Shepherd. And the one I went for was when I went there, he was gone. So I'm walking out. And as I'm walking out, there's this uh, lady there that said, you know, like she knew that, that I was pretty passionate about getting a German Shepherd. And she said that there's a German Shepherd being surrendered right now um, if you're interested. So I went over there and here's a, here sits this one-year-old Belgian Malinois and He's just like wired and, you know, I, I didn't want a, a Malinois because I knew that, you know, traditionally they don't make good pets. You know, they're working dogs and they need a job. So I turned around and I started walking out the door and then I took stop, took one last look back at him. He's still just sitting there, big smile on his face. And I was like, man, if I, if I walk out here without this dog, somebody else is going to get him, not put in the work and he's going to end up back here at the shelter or, you know, euthanized or something like that. So... I went back, got him, and just devoted myself to, you know, learning how to train him and stuff like that. I got him trained up, and then, um, you know, just having him on set, I just started taking him everywhere, and that's kind of um, how he became so so good at, you know, what he does, and that's just, you know, just all the, I don't know, all the little adventures and stuff we go on just builds on that. Right, and I remember you telling me at one point too that this particular breed could ruin your life if you didn't train them correctly. Something along those lines. One hundred percent. It's like a. It's like a very. It's like I don't know, like a teenage Mike Tyson, <laughs> just running yes. wild. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They're very intelligent dogs, and when you acquired him, you were still in the military. No, no, I'd I'd gotten out for years, um, but I'd you know. Growing up uh, in the military and stuff like that, uh, I'd worked with uh, working dogs. So I'd had some experience. And then way back when I was in high school, I worked with greyhounds, race dogs. So um, I just, I've always liked like high performance, like badass dogs and thought I'd, you know, adopt him and give it a shot. And he's turned out well. Yeah, he's super, super intelligent. It was really cool watching you guys work together, too, on set because, you know, animals are already really smart, but this dog looks at you for every single command, and you can really see how much you guys are in tune when you've taken the time to train a dog like that. And now you have him on set with you for Call of Duty and a few other things, right? Yeah, so we did uh, Call of Duty, um, the terminal list um, that was on Amazon Prime with Chris Pratt and... Uh, and then we do a lot of stuff with Black Rifle Coffee and a bunch of other brands and stuff like that. He's a brand ambassador for a few different companies and stuff like that. It's like so. a pup influencer, if yes, you will. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows him, but they, nobody, nobody cares They're about like, me. They're like, Rex so. and um, who, who is and this his, other guy? And his guy, his human. <laughs> um, how does that feel to see yourself, you know, on big posters and big TV ads and things like that all over the place for such an incredible game? It's, you know, it's... I, I, 
I don't know. I, it doesn't really seem real, I guess. I mean, yeah. it, does, it hasn't really sunk in. But, you know, every time I go into Target and see the, you know, the the uh, picture that we did and how well it turned out. I mean, it's it's proof that a, a really awesome photographer can make anybody look cool. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? so. you have to give yourself some credit, too, yeah. at the same time. So leading up to Call of Duty, because I know that's what you're doing now and a few other things, of course, but if we take it back to where everything kind of started for you and your career in the military and kind of what led you up to your success now, where would you say this all started? Or do you want to give me a little background story? Yeah. So for me, like, you know, I guess we'll back up like high school, high school. I, you know, I, football was my life. Um, and my dream was to go walk on uh, and play D1 football at Kansas State. So you know, I, I spent the first semester just kind of, you know, finding my way through school. And then I decided, you know, hey, I'm going to put everything, uh, you know, put all my effort towards football. And I walked on, uh, made the team in, in the spring. And uh, and then I kind of embraced it a little bit too much and partied, you know, a little bit too much in college and ended up uh, kind of messing that up. So I ended up packing up 65 bucks, a little backpack, hopped on my 1987, you know, uh, Kawasaki Ninja moved to Kansas City, slept on my buddy's couch in his garage, and uh, was working at the casinos and valet parking cars and stuff. And it was one day, um, I was sitting there valeting, and and my old college football coach rolled in, and I parked his car, and I was like, you know, he rolls up, and I take his keys, and I was like, dude, I really feel like a piece of shit. Mm. You know, I really feel low. You know, because. Here I was, I mean, he was, you know, he had a lot invested in me and, you know, I was always trying to, you know, give a hundred percent and then it just, it hit it, you know, it just clicked. I was like, dude, and nothing against people that are out there, you know, doing the, the daily grind. I mean, there's a lot of people out there, you know, working their butts off doing that stuff. But I was like, man, I need to be doing something else. And so <clears throat> I, that day I just decided, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go be a Navy SEAL. So went down to the Navy recruiter, talked to them. They're like, Hey, come back on Monday and sign up. And so I did that. I came back Monday morning. It was dead of winter in Kansas city, snow, you know, thick snow on the ground. And I'm standing out there, you know, zero 800 waiting to, you know, to go in there and sign up. And you know, zero eight thirty rolls around zero eight forty five rolls around and they didn't show up. And this Marine Corps recruiter comes out and he's like, Hey, devil dog, uh, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm waiting to sign up, you know, for, for the Navy. He goes, let me guess Navy seal. I was like, yeah. You know? And he's like, well, they may show up by noon. He goes, come on in here get out of the cold. And so I went in there. He showed me a quick video. He's like, have you heard of force recon? I was like, I was like, no. And he's like, yeah, those, you know, they do the same stuff and everything, you know, they jump, they dive and whatever. I was like, okay, sign me up. You know, and so they swooped you. Oh man. I was like, I was just, I, it was one of those things where I was like, I was at a point in my life where I was like, dude, like I'm dead set on doing something like making a, a drastic change right now. And whoever's willing to put that paper in front of me, like, let's do this. And so I signed that up and I just kind of pursued what I thought was, you know, the toughest unit in the toughest branch. Um, and and it, I just, it was a new challenge. It was something that I needed to work towards and accomplish. And, you know, I, I overcame a lot uh, getting there, you know, going through uh, jump school, you know, wasn't, wasn't too bad, but dive school for me, I nearly drowned when I was two years old. And uh, so that was a huge hurdle for me was getting over that fear of water. I mean, 
uh, in rec reconnaissance, you live in the water, basically. And so there was a lot of uh, come to Jesus moments. I'm sure that training's got to be intense just from what I've seen in just clips on the internet and, you know, tying that together with an actual fear that's yeah. like instilled in you from a little kid. That's got to be a lot. Yeah. But I, you know, after I failed at, at college football and how much that hurt, I found that it was, it was, it hurt more to quit than it did to, you know, to go through the whatever pain or whatever suffering I was going through. That pain that I felt by letting, you know, people down and let myself down was what drove me to just never quit and just keep putting, you know, one foot in front of the other and, and, you know, eventually making it through, you know, through all the training and stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. It's crazy how there's always like a very specific memory that you can remember that's like a turning point for something happening. And you never forget that. And it becomes part of your testimony. And it's really cool when you hear people who have fought the fear and gotten through it. Because I think for some people, when they kind of take the other route, they they miss out on a lot of opportunity and things that they could have accomplished by just letting the fear take over. And that's a common thing that I talk to a lot of people about on here. I'm like, what was your moment? What was the moment that you said, I'm done? Like, I'm done with this bullshit that yeah. I'm doing to myself and I want more for myself. And like you said as well, there's nothing wrong with the grind and doing all the dirty work and getting stuck in those positions where it's not actually as elevated as you see yourself, but you'll know when the moment is that you're like, I'm, it's time to like level myself up a little bit. Yeah. So that's really cool. So after the military, how did you wind up into Call of Duty and into this like this success story that you have now with the brands you're working with and you know obviously acquired Rex. Yeah, so it started. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I was I was sitting in the uh, I was in my backyard. I was I was scooping dog shit in my backyard, <laughs> and uh, you know, and I get this phone call from one of my former uh, recon buddies, and he you know he had a photography company. He's like, hey man, he was like, I got a he goes, I already know the answer to this. I know what you're going to tell me, but I promised this guy that I would, uh, that I would, you know, ask you anyway. So he goes, this guy wants you to dress up like a Patriot, hold his rifle for his company. I'm like, negative dude. <laughs> like that's and, a no. Yeah. You know, and pose like a Patriot <laughs> on this billboard and everything and be a poster child. I'm like, dude, no. He goes, okay, well he's going to throw you a few grand and he's going to throw you a couple rifles. I was like, I'm all in. Where mm -hmm. do like, do I bring my own costume? Do I bring my own flag? Let's do this. Like and all of a sudden I have a costume. Yeah, I'm like, Free guns <laughs> and, and money. Let's do this. You know? So, um, so I did that. And then just kind of one thing led to another. We got into a comic book that we did a comic book project way back. And then a good friend of mine, another recon buddy started a company tack gas that you're familiar with. And, uh, you know, uh, Activision, they threw us like a, I think it was Activision or whatever, ultimately Call of Duty threw them a small project and saw some of the stuff we were doing. And, you know, like TACAS does kind of knocked it out of the park. And then we got, you know, a lot more, uh, a lot more stuff from them. And, you know, uh, my buddy Jim called me up one day. He's like, hey, man, do you want to do this character for Call of Duty? I was like, you know, yeah, sure. So um, it just turned out being, you know, one of the most iconic uh, characters, which was cool. And the character, you know, there's, there's several people that work on that project. So, um, I obviously don't do the voice. Um, I'm not British. I'm <laughs> working on it, but no, not yet. Um, yeah, no, but, uh, you know, they, I guess, you know, so they like, you know, whatever my look or the stature or whatever that, um, in the outfit and everything. So I did that back, started in 2019. Um, and, clear up until today and you know like you said we're we're currently on or we um 
I'm on the cover. And then uh, Rex, we worked him in, I think it was, what was it? Modern Warfare Season 3 with Rose. So as his, or as her uh, canine. So That's so awesome. Yeah. I personally don't know. I can't imagine what it'd be like to see myself like on a big building in Times Square in New York. I just think that'd be so surreal. Like you said, I wanted to, to fly down there and just, I just get a selfie. You, you know? need to, you have I to be cool. But yeah, it's, I really enjoy like a lot of the followers uh, that, that I have, they send in selfies in front of Times Square and like over in like Dubai and, you know, uh, London and all this stuff. It's really, that's really cool to me, you know, cause yeah. it's like, I can't, I can't make it to all those places, but it's cool to see them. Yeah. And even being in a video game, you do make an impact on people that you don't even realize you make an impact on, and especially when you, with social media now and how cool it is, you tie it together with a person now and it becomes more than just a video game character. They see what you're doing. They see you and Rex. They see your actual life on the internet, which I think is like the cool thing about social media. There's a lot of negativity that can come with social media, but there's a lot of inspiration that can come from that and sharing your, even your personal stories and, you know, even sharing what you just did now, somebody could listen to it and have no idea that, you know, you ever went through a mental struggle that, you know, got you into a position that led you to this now. And so sharing those really bridges the gap. So I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, for those people who maybe look to you as somebody to look up to, what would you tell them if they were in a position where they were kind of fighting the fear um, and stepping into a more elevated state and really needed to just like get out of their comfort zone? I said, I mean, you said it right there, get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You know I mean? Um, don't be afraid to fail, you know, um, face your fears. You know, if you're like me, I was always scared of heights. So I, when I was jumping, you know, in the military, I'd always volunteer to be the first one out the door. I mean, just something about it, like just kind of, I don't know, find, find what that fear is and, and just attack it head on, you know? <clears throat> yeah. I think it'll, once you tackle it, it becomes a little bit <clears throat> less fearful. You realize that it's something that's achievable versus just something that you're staring at in the distance that you can't, that you can't attack. So that's really awesome. And you did mention also that there's a clothing line, a clothing apparel brand that you guys work with. Yes. That's uh it's nine, nine line apparel. So they make Rex and I, we do a lot of uh, like charitable work, um, giving back to a lot of the dog rescues. And then we've also started working with, uh, a couple of different organizations that help take care of uh, working canines, like retired working canines mm -hmm. that may not have uh, follow-on care once they're out of their service. But uh, Nine Line Apparel, uh, we we create designs. Um, we have our own line that we we sell on their site. I'm working on setting up an online store through them, um, which should be coming out in the next couple months. But a lot of the proceeds that we do, you know, we'll do a, a special T-shirt and then we'll take the pro proceeds and give that to uh, some of the different dogs and stuff that, you know, are in need or shelters or sometimes it's law enforcement that, you know, may have had something tragic happen. So it's been it's been great and they've been great to work with. That's really awesome. So for dogs like this, when they are retired from their service, whether it's with um, the police academy or, you know, an actual partner dog, do they normally get sent to homes to take care of them or do they stay with their their handler you know it, it you know it varies agency mm -hmm. to agency but um a lot of what you see is the the handlers are then usually able to adopt them right um to be with their homes or you know and but once they do that a lot of times they're you know that's later in their lives and their medical coverage is not covered so now you know the agency or whatever got everything they wanted out of that dog that did not volunteer, didn't sign up for duty. 
And then now in its later years, it's, there's usually left to, you know, the family to fend for it. And, you know, a, a, you know, a beat cop, that, a canine handler, you know, incurring those kind of expenses late in, in the career, it's, you know, it can be uh, a lot. So yeah. um, places, that, there's an organization that we work with uh, called Hurricanes Heroes. Um, they do a lot specifically for that. It was, uh, Hurricane was a, he was a Secret Service dog. He was the one a few years back that, uh, apprehended the guy that ran across the lawn of the White House. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got out and retired and then uh, incurred some expenses. And he realized, like, dude, I got to I got to do something like that. I'm not the only one that's that's dealing with this. So, right. But it's a great organization. We donated a fair amount to them. Um, but they're doing great stuff. I love that. And you have another dog now, too. I've got three. Yes. <laughs> um, I've got, of course, Rex here, our middle dog, uh, F and Hank. Uh, <laughs> he's just kind of, he's kind of our window licker. Um, <laughs> he's a great guy. He's a great, or great guy. He's a great pup. He's uh, just jolly, big German Happy shepherd. to be here. <laughs> yeah, he's happy to be here, and that's about it. Um, and then we've got a, uh, I got a nine-month-old Malinois uh, German shepherd puppy, who I'm training to do all the same stuff as Rex, and his name's Spicy Rooster. I love it. That's awesome. So, um, did they get along right away? I mean, you've got you've got the whole spectrum right there. Yeah, Rooster, Rooster is like I said, very spicy. So he's always running around like biting at all of them. None of them mess with Rex. Rex is like he's the alpha in the house, and they just don't mess with him. But the other two, nonstop. Like you have to either put them outside. Or, you know, kennel them, or it's just like, it's like a yeah, it's energy galore. UFC fight. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you two coming on the show today. Always good to see you and Rex. And um, I will leave all of their information here on the screen. Make sure to check out the Nine Line Apparel brand. Um, I'm sure they would love your support. And we'll also leave Aaron and Rex's Instagram handles on here. Um, do you have anything else you want to close out with? Hey, I'm just glad it worked out. And, and thank you for having us on. And, uh, you know, just getting this, you know, all of our stuff out there. Yeah, really of, appreciate it. of course, of course. Have a great weekend and we will see you guys next time.